you have your Bibles, turn to, uh, we're going to start at Psalm 1 and get your notes out as well. The notes are going to look like this. And just get your Bible out and get your notes out. We're going to follow along. Today is going to be a really super great service. I really think you're going to like it. Um, as we go to Psalm chapter 1, we need to also remember, I see Molly here today. Paul, her husband, went home to be with the Lord. And Molly, our thoughts and prayers are with you. I believe the service for Paul is going to be the couple weeks, the end of, end of February. So we're praying uh, for you as well. Please be be sure to keep Molly in your prayers as well as she navigates through a very di very difficult uh, season and time. So our prayers are with you, Molly. Bless you. The best of Psalms. For 2022, our government may not know where we're going, but we do. We're going through the book of Psalms, and we are going to go through and pick out the best of the very best of the scriptures in the book of Psalms, and we're going to apply them to our lives. And so we started in Psalm chapter 1, and uh, we're, we're, not, we're not making much headway. We're still in Psalm chapter 1, but we'll, uh, we'll get out of Psalms 1 here in a few weeks, but uh, kind of bear with me. Anne Marie saw me before church today and said, thank you, I love this series, I love the teaching. And so uh, we're, we're stuck in Psalm chapter 1 for right now, but there's some really, really good Good stuff we're going to look at today, and I'm going to help you. Now watch this. Today is going to be a how-to message. I love how-to messages. See, there's a couple kinds of messages. And what a lot of preachers do is they do ought-to messages. You ought to give more. You ought to witness more. You ought to uh, volunteer more. And those are good, but today is going to be a a how-to. We are going to practically show you how to meditate on God's Word. Now watch that. I've been in church all my life. And those of you watching online, thank you for being with us today. A lot of people watching online. I've been in church all my life. My dad was a preacher, you know, Pastor Jim George, pastor here for many, many years. And, and I grew up in the church. I have never once had a pastor practically show me how to meditate on God's Word. I heard a ton of messages on ought, ought to. You ought to hide God's Word in your heart. You ought to meditate on God's Word. You need to read God's Word more. And that's all really, really good. But today, I really think you're going to like it. We're going to show you practically how to meditate on God's Word. And I can tell you're excited. I can tell you are ready to go. So I am too. So we're going to go to Psalm 1, and we're going to just review just a little bit, and then I'm going to get right back into, and we're going to look at how to, how to meditate on God's Word. And by the way, David, I stole your, I stole your $3, so there's your, there's your $3 back. I'll give that to you. And you I can put that too back in the mail. Yeah, you told me not to, not to mess it up, so... There you go. Psalm chapter 1. If you're with me this morning, let me hear a big amen. amen. Blessed. Say that word. It's not an accident that the first word in Psalms is the first word that God spoke to Adam and Eve. Blessed. Adam and Eve, I believe in you. 
Adam and Eve, I'm your biggest fan. Adam and Eve, I'm going to be the force behind you. Adam and Eve, I don't love you based on what you do. I love you for who you are. And the first words I want you to hear from your heavenly Father, Adam and Eve, I bless you. Man, it's incredible. Incredible revelation. That God doesn't love us based on who we are. Watch this. God knew what Adam and Eve were going to do. God created the apple that Eve was going to take a bite out of. Guess what, church? God knows what you're going to do this week. He knows when you're going to kick the cat. He knows when you're going to mess up and you're going to get angry when you drive. He knows it. And watch this. He says to you, I don't love you based on what you do. I don't love you based on your performance. I love you based on your position. And you are my daughter. You are my son. I want you to hear these words. I bless you. I really do believe that if people would get this at an early age and they would run with it, it would help them to live their life in order to glorify God. That God wants to bless you so that you will be a blessing and it's for your good and God's glory. God wants to bless you. And he said it to Adam and Eve, I bless you. Watch this. The first words out of Jesus' mouth when he preached the greatest sermon ever in Matthew chapter 5 was, Blessed. And now in Psalms, we find the DNA of God running through Genesis to Psalms to Matthew. And now the writer in Psalms chapter 1 says, Pinecastle, you are blessed. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of mockers. Last week we talked about this powerful message. I gave you the ten kind of people that you need to surround yourself with. The writer here in Psalms says, be careful who you walk with. Be careful who you stand with. Be careful who you sit with. Because the people you walk with, the people you stand with, the people you sit with will be a reflection of you. You show me who you hang around with, and I will show you the person you become. And the writer in Matthew says, if you're going to live a blessed life, you better analyze. You better watch very carefully the people that you walk with, that you stand with, that you sit with. Gary brought up a great point last week after, after church. It's just not people, it's influences. It's the internet. It's the forces of the air that can influence us. They say that some people average, watch this, seven hours a day on the internet. I'm watching TV. There's no wonder that the enemy was called the prince of the air. So now you watch who you sit with, who you stand with, who you uh, walk with, who you expose yourself to, and that will be the person that you become. So watch who you're influenced by. Watch who you surround yourself with. And then the writer goes in into verse 2, and here we're going to get into today's message. But his delight, everyone say delight, is in the law of the Lord... 
and on his law he meditates day and night. Let me ask you a question this morning. What are you meditating on? What are you thinking about? Experts tell us, watch this, that you have between six and 10,000 thoughts every single day. 6,000 thoughts. Some say all the way up to 10,000 thoughts a day. What are some of the thoughts that you think about? You think about food. I think the older we get, the more we think about food. I mean, I, I have breakfast, and then my next thought is, it's time for lunch. I start thinking about lunch. And then I, as soon as I finish lunch, I'm like, what's for dinner? And then I think about what's the snack. So we think about food. You think about survival. Think about comfort. Right now, some of you are cuddled up in your jacket because it's freezing outside. Think about comfort. You think about fears. Think about the future. Some people think about love. Some people think about sex. Some people think about enjoyment. Some people think about disappointments. Today, there are going to be a lot of people thinking about sports. Go Tampa. Hobbies. Money. Family. Friends. Your career. A lot of you people think a lot of thoughts about politics these days. Think about loved ones, your community, music, entertainment. All I'm asking you to do today is this. Take a few thoughts and meditate on God's Word. 6,000 thoughts. And you're thinking about everything from money to comfort to food. Is it possible that we can take a few thoughts out of those 6,000 thoughts and meditate on God's Word and His goodness? We're going to teach you how to do that today. Real quickly, let me give you what I believe are 10 benefits that you and I enjoy when we meditate on God's Word. And then I'm going to have uh, Hannah and John and David and Michelle come up and we're going to teach you how to meditate on God's Word. But let me give you to them real quickly, 10 benefits of God's Word. Are you with them? Let me hear an amen. Number one, the first benefit of, of, of God's Word and why we want to meditate is because it is nourishment. It's nourishment. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Watch this, church. When you meditate, you are surviving and you are thriving and you are taking God's word and you're hiding it in your heart and it's better than bread. It's better than Subway. It's better than Buca de Pepe. It is, it is power that sustains you as a believer. It's nourishment. Number, number two. The benefit of God's word is correction. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. How many of you want to be more like God? 
about three of you. How many want to be more like God? You become that way when you allow God's word to be that source of correction that gets you back on track. Number three, cleansing. When you meditate on God's word, it is cleansing to your soul and your spirit. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, his good, perfect, and pleasing will. Cleansing. Number four, guidance. When you meditate on God's word, it is guidance for you. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. How many of you are here today and you enjoy walking in darkness? Is there anybody? I don't know about you. I stubbed my toe last week and it was because I was walking in darkness and I couldn't see something that was in the middle of the floor and I stubbed my toe and it hurt. That's what happens when you walk in darkness. Watch this, church. When you meditate on God's word, the Bible says it is a light unto my path. Let me just illustrate this real quickly here. I need to start wearing this more often when I'm walking through my house. Because there we go. You like that? Watch this. When you meditate on God's word, it is a light unto your path. It guides you. It illuminates. It allows you to be able to see clearly. How many know that life is difficult and life is complicated and life is hard and life is dark? You meditate on God's word and it becomes a light unto your path. Now, this is pretty cool. I was playing with this before church. Disco light. Put your shades on. God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Can I get an amen? I'm going to have fun fishing with that one day. Number, number five. I love this one. When you meditate on God's word, watch this. You're able to help other people. Think about it. Has anyone ever come to you for, 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 for wisdom, for guidance? For direction. When you're full of God's word, you've got something to give them. And if you're not meditating on God's word, when someone comes to you for advice, you've got nothing to give them. Romans 15, 14. I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge and competent, watch this, to instruct one another. Watch this. Moms, Dads, grandmas, grandpas, when your kids come to you for help, the best thing you can do for them is to point them to God's word. And if it's not in you, then you've got nothing to give them. You meditate on God's word so you can help other people. Number six, I love this one. It gives you wisdom. Number seven, it helps you to be fruitful. Number eight, we're moving quickly. It helps you to, to, to have comfort. Number nine, it helps you to grow. And then number ten, it gives you victory. How many want to be victorious? 
We're victorious when we allow God's word to be penetrated into our hearts. And 1 John 5 verse 4 says, For everyone who's born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. When you meditate on God's word, it fills you with faith and you become victorious. Amen? Okay, now watch this. David and Michelle and Hannah and John, you guys come up here and bring your posters with you. Now, you guys look at your notes here. This is going to be super cool. And you will see at the top of your notes, you're going to see uh, four little statements. Number one, find it, write it, post it. Number two, map it. Number three, soap it. And then number four, pray it. Now, we're going to start with David. And David, to my right, to your left, is going to, is going to guide you on how to find a scripture and some tips on how you can write it and post it and how you can meditate it on God's word. So, David, go ahead. We'll start with you. We're going to start with Psalm 23, and each one of these guys and ladies are going to take Psalm 23, and it's there in your notes, and we are going to help guide and help you on how to meditate on God's word. So, David, go ahead. Find it, write it, post it. Go ahead. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm David, and I'm here to help you. I always wanted to say that. I like that. <laughs> uh, so I'm here to help you uh, find it. And I think Sandra did a great job of talking about using a treasure map. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but I'm going to talk about finding it, write it, and post it. So you may be going through something. Um, you may be going through a, a, a financial crisis or an illness. Maybe one of your children is sick. Uh, maybe you're um, dealing with fear about losing a job. But when you're dealing with fear, you want to find strength from the Bible that speaks to, you know, that subject. And, you know, of course, you can, you can Google it, right? If you've got your, your Bible app, you can go in there and there's a little spyglass for search. And you can type in fear. And so I did that right before coming up. And it will bring you uh, verses that speak to that subject. Um, but if you're old school, got your Bible with you, you get a treasure map in the back, and we'll call that the concordance, right? So the concordance is an alphabetical list of Bible terms, and then it points you to different verses Good. Uh, on that subject. So in my concordance, um, many of the verses that pop up about fear are in Psalms, yes. which is great because, you know, we're doing this year-long study in the book of Psalms, um, but some of the ones that pop up here, uh, Psalms 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? So you take that and you grab a post-it note and you write that down, Psalm 27, whom shall I fear. Good. Right? And you post it. Stick it somewhere where you're not going to miss it. Right? And I look at the next result I've got here. It is Psalm 34. I sought the Lord. He answered me and he delivered me from my fears. Is this too small for you to see? Me? me, me. Yeah, get some bigger ones. Get a little bigger one here. I'll use a pen. All right, Psalm 34. 
he delivered me from all my fear. Good. Now watch this, church. Watch this. He's finding a scripture that is relevant to him today. Watch this. Oh, listen. There's no sense in trying to meditate on a scripture about money when you're facing fears. Pick something that resonates with you today. And the Bible is filled with tens of thousands of verses. So whatever is the thing that's keeping you up at night, focus on that and find a scripture that helps you with what you're dealing with today. Now, next month, you're going to have a different scripture. You're going to have a different topic. So whatever is going on inside of you today, focus on that. Find the scripture. Notice that he is finding it, he's writing it, and then he's posting it. So when he posts it, everywhere he goes, he's reminded of that scripture that's helping him. Good, David. Go ahead. That's, that's, that's still too small to see because John took it off his head and put it back on that pew. Maybe, maybe we can zoom in on it, but I think it's too far. And then the next one here is Psalm 56. I know this is one of Scott's favorite ones, right? right? When I am afraid, yes, I, will trust, in I will trust in you. Good. So Psalm 56, 3. When I am afraid, I will trust in you host it. And the purpose of this is you're going to encounter these post-it notes as you go through your day. So post it in your car, post it in your kitchen, on the fridge, in the restroom as you're getting ready, on the mirror, so that you'll be reminded of these truths that you found, right? Now, I skipped one. I skipped the very first result that it gave me because it's the verse that we're studying today, which is Psalms 23. Um, And, you know, the Psalms were written by King David and other men who had to deal with fear every day, right? Um, In Psalm 22, just before Psalm 23, David wrote, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In that same chapter, just a chapter right before Psalm 23, he says, everybody around me wants to kill me. And then, in Psalm 23, he speaks to the Lord is my shepherd. He speaks this beautiful story of a shepherd leading his sheep. Um, So, I'm going to make it big enough for you to read. Did you know you can actually get post-it notes this big? Michelle, did you you get these? (laughs) These are great. All right, you're not going to miss this. this. This is for real. So Psalm 23. And we'll have these av- available in the lobby for you when you leave today. <laughs> Dave is going to give everyone a post-it note that you can take home with you today. So we look at Psalm 23, and in the first, the first verses, he speaks to the Lord as he, right? He says, he makes me lie down. This I won't miss. This I won't miss. Beautiful. He speaks that he leads me. 
post it somewhere where you won't miss it. You can't miss that. He speaks to he restores my soul. Put it somewhere where you can't miss it. Bruce, can't miss this. He will see that. Right? Now, after that, he goes on and switches from talking about he restores me, he leads me, and the rest of the verses he's saying you. Right? He says your rod and your staff. So I think that's really important as you, as you learn about God, as you, as you find it, as you write it, as you post it, it's not just about talking about him or learning about him. Make sure that you switch that to saying, thank you, Lord, that you restore me, that, that you lead me, that you make me to lie down. Excellent. All right, watch this real quick. That's all I got to say about that. Thank you, David. Good <laughs> job. Give David a hand. Wouldn't it be cool if when your grandkids get in your car that they see a post-it note about God? I mean, they see your to-do list. Wouldn't it be super cool if your kids hopped in the car and asked you a question and said, Dad, what is that? What is that for? I got in my brother's car a couple weeks ago, my brother Chris. Great brother, successful businessman. I got in his very nice Tahoe with leather seats, fancy wheels. And I was impressed and impacted to see that my brother had posted a scripture right over the speedometer. That just did something to me. I knew that he was, he was, he was getting God's word in his heart and he was meditating on it. Your kids, your grandkids, your associates want to see in you your faith come alive. And what a great way for them to see it than for them to hop in your car and ask you, Grandpa, Dad, Mom, what is that post-it there for? And tell me why. Find it, write it, post it. Good job, David. Okay, John, you're up. John's going to talk about map it real quickly. So we've got a few more minutes. Dave, John, go ahead, buddy. Here we go. But not for the live stream. There we go. Okay, so uh, when I turn this around, it is going to look like a mess, and you're not going to be able to read it very well, so bear with me. I'll make it make sense, I promise, all right? So map it. Think of like a word map, okay? So I'm going to turn it around. We got the same passage on here, but then there's a lot of stuff going on, okay? So think of, think of map it as when you're in the sermon and pastor tells you, underline that word or circle that word or, or what have you. Um, if, if you're like me, sometimes you're ornery and you don't do it, I, w I would say do it, 
you know. Um, but <laughs> uh, what, what we do here is this is basically taking a thesaurus to the Bible, okay? So like uh, in, in the first verse, the Lord is my shepherd. Okay, what are other words that, that Lord could be? It, he, he, master, ruler, king, right? And, and none of us would argue that, that against that, right? God is all of those things. He is my shepherd. What, what can shepherd mean? Shepherd can also be a keeper, attendant, caretaker, guide. I lack nothing. You'll notice that from nothing, there's a little circle with some question marks in it. It's because I looked up the word nothing in Hebrew. You know what it means? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Good. Zilch, right? He makes me lie down. Lie down. What is lying down? It's rest. In green pastures. What are green pastures? Healthy land. Fertile soil. He makes us lie down in good places. He makes us rest in good places. Uh, he leads me beside quiet waters. Quiet, peaceful, still. He refreshes my soul. Refreshes kind of comes right back up here to where he's our caretaker, right? He refreshes my, my soul. My soul is my, my essence. It's who I am. He guides me. You know what I really like there is goes right back to how a shepherd is a guide. He guides me. Along the right paths. What are right paths? Righteousness. He guides me into righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. Good. And so everything up here, what we're reading, is for our good. It's the stuff that he does for us. And I love how David pointed out, it's he makes me, he leads me, he guides me, he is doing all of these things for our good and for his glory. Everything God does is for our good and his glory. Beautiful. All right, so great job. He's taken the same scripture. Yeah, give him a hand. Good job. He's taking the same scripture and he's just doing it a little bit differently. You're diving down a little bit deeper. You're not waiting on Pastor Scott to tell you what the meaning of pastures is. You're taking a little bit of self-initiative and you're diving in and you're taking a scripture and you're mapping it out and you're writing it and you're making it personal for you. Uh, many of you got the Psalms that we're, uh, we have available in the lobby. Uh, when you go to Psalm 23, you got a whole blank page there on the right. You can do that mapping and it helps just to get the word alive in you. Great job, uh, John. All right, let's go to uh, Hannah now. And Hannah is going to help us and she's going to help us to soap it. What yes. in the world does soap mean? Hannah's going to help us. Go ahead, Well, Hannah. you may be someone who likes to process their thoughts by journaling. But if you're like me, the abstract concept of journaling may be a bit daunting. I mean, where do you begin with this blank page? Well, one way that you can do that is through the acronym SOAP, S-O-A-P. Now, there's a lot here, but that's because it's my journal. The first word is scripture. S stands for scripture. You're going to actually write out the scripture three times. The reason you do it three times is you'll typically find by the third time you're writing out, you don't usually need to reference back to the scripture. You're already starting to learn what the scripture says. The second word, O, is for observation. What do you notice? Now, this may be something that is 
obvious, or it may be something that's a little more contemplative. Totally fine. Don't judge yourself. It's your journal. No one else is going to see it. I have three observations that I took away from this scripture. The first is, the Lord is a shepherd, so by extension, I am a sheep. I lack nothing because shepherds take care of their sheep. My second observation is that God actively forces me, the word makes, uh, helps me, the word leads, and gives me, the word refreshes, rest. He actively forces me to rest, helps me to rest, and gives me rest. Mm. And the third observation I have is that he helps me stay on course for his glory. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. The third word, A, is application. How do I respond? What should I do after reading this? And again, I have three applications that I personally took away. Your minimum is one. Whatever comes out from you personally spending time doing this. Mine are three. So my first one is I can trust God wants to and will lead me well. The second is I can rest. When I struggle to rest, God will help me and sometimes even make me rest. <laughs> For those of you, if anyone like me are stubborn when it comes to rest, totally relate to that. Um, and the third application I took from this is that his guidance is the best thing for me, so I should seek it. The final word in this acronym is prayer. The P stands for prayer. And this is more than just praying. You're actually going to write out your prayer as if you were saying it out loud, but you're writing it out. It's okay, God knows how to read. <laughs> so I wrote, Lord, help me to lean into all that you have for me, because with you as my shepherd, I lack nothing, not even rest. Please guide me along the path you have for me, and thank you for refreshing me throughout that path. In your name I pray, amen. So SOAP stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer, and it may be a good way to help you process your thoughts in a journal. Good job, Hannah. Wasn't that good? <laughs> Love it. And Hannah will be in the lobby handing out soap uh, as we go. All right. So, so the last one. So the first one, look my uh, right, your left, find it, write it, post it. Number two, map it. Number three, soap it. And then Michelle is going to take us to number four, a great way to get God's word in your heart. Pray it. Go ahead, Michelle. Pray it. God's word is living. It's active. It doesn't return void. God's word is our hope. It's his truth and promises for us. God's word is sharper than a two-edged sword. So there is value in his words for us to meditate on it. So for pray it, just to give an example, we encourage you to personalize it. Not just read it, but apply it to your life. So I'm going to pray it if you'll join me with that prayer. The Lord is my shepherd. God, you are king of kings. You are Lord of lords. You are my God. You are sovereign. You reign. And I thank you, Father. You are my shepherd. You guide me. You lead me. 
Father, you are with me. You haven't left me. You haven't forsaken me. I lack nothing. God, I thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You are my all in all. You sustain me. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. And I thank you, God, that I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. God, I thank you. In a world that can be so busy and stressful and hectic and such anxiety, I thank you, God, that you make me be, be still and know that you are God. I thank you, God, that you give us those moments to be restored and refreshed and to just be in your presence where there is such peace and purpose. Father, he leads me beside quiet waters. Thank you, God, that you lead me. Ooh, Lord, we are lost without you, and I yes. thank you, God, that you lead me. You direct my path. You are a light into my path, and I thank you, God, that you lead me beside quiet, peaceful, restful, refreshing waters. You sustain me. You restore me, Father. Thank you. He refreshes my soul. Ooh, Lord, we need that refreshment. I thank you, God. That when I am stressed or full of anxiety and I just need to stop and be in your presence. Ooh, thank you, God, that you are the Prince of Peace and that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Father, thank you for refreshing my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Father, thank you for guiding me, for directing me, for leading me, for being with me, God along the right paths, Father, keeping me to make good choices, right choices. We ask for that wisdom, God, that we will make the right choices that honor and glorify you. For your name's sake, God, for your glory, for your purpose, for your will, that you are honored and glorified and praised and exalted, that everything I do, God, the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart are pleasing in your sight and pointing people to you. God, I thank you. I thank you for your word, your truth, your promises that we can cling to it, have hope and purpose and direction and life, abundant life. And I thank you, Lord. And it's in the mighty, precious, holy name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Amen. Wasn't that good? <laughs> 6,000 thoughts a day. You can't give God a couple of minutes. Each one of these were, was less than five minutes. I know, and I'm looking out at you today. You guys are successful people, smart people, disciples of Christ. can't give God five thoughts a day? Yeah, you can. Nobody's that busy. Got a lot of emails, a lot of calls, a lot of things to do. All of us can live the blessed life if we learn to meditate on God's Word. Let me read this to you and we're going to close. Psalm 119, David said, Your word, O God, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. 
You establish the earth and it endures. Your law endures to this day for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your word, for by your words you have saved my life. Blessed is the man who meditates on God's word both day and night. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we can live the blessed life that you want us to live if we are hiding that treasure in our hearts. God, we confess that we are super busy. We've got a lot going on. We're thinking about hobbies. We're thinking about sports. We're thinking about food. We're thinking about comfort. God, I pray that you would help us by your Holy Spirit to carve out just a few thoughts a day and help us to meditate on your word both day and night. Thank you for David and John and Hannah and Michelle. Thank you for the power of your word that helps us to hide it in our heart that we may not sin against you. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May you find God's word and hide it in your heart so that you may not sin against him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. Have a great day. We'll see you next week at Pine Castle. God bless you. Go and sin no more. We'll see you.